Do you need to have a ServiceNow certification to get a job in the industry? And if so, how many and which ones? The answer may surprise you. Brad joins me again for another thoughtful conversation on ServiceNow certifications and experience. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all of you curious individuals that I say with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about ServiceNow certifications and experience. And notice that I said and experience, not versus experience, because both are important. But before I get into that, welcome back, Brad. Thanks for having me, Chuck. Now, big topic today. That's right. Uh, Certifications are uh, a big deal. They are. And I've heard various voices from the industry on various topics and various certifications. So this may be a little subjective and take it with a grain of salt. You're getting this from two ServiceNow people. So reach out to your colleagues if you want other opinions as well. Let's begin with certifications. First of all, where do you get a ServiceNow certification? Good question. If you go to nowlearning.servicenow.com, that is uh, our learning team's uh, site. And that is where you can get all of the official training and certification info. Uh, I think there's information about all of our certifications there. Um, So that's the place to go if you want to find out more about it or if you want to register for something. Uh, There's lots of, you know, free, paid, uh, self-paced, uh, virtual, in-person. There's all sorts of options for getting training uh, that lead to certifications in the end. Now, there's one that I think most people are familiar with, the CSA or Certified System Administrator that we recommend everybody get as a baseline. Right? So that's that's sort of the go-to. But from there, based on our previous episode on branching and forking and going (laughs) different paths in your career, you may choose to get different certifications. Now, this being the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, one that we recommend you take a look at is the CAD, the Certified Application Developer, that you can get through various training. I think the scripting is in there. There's uh, some other courses that lead you to eligibility for that certification. Uh, there's more to it though. There's, uh, there's, there's one, let's, 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 let's shoot for the top. What's, what's that elite of the elite certifications? Yeah. That elite certification is the certified master architect, uh, certification. And that is, uh, you know, that's a pretty intensive, I think six month long process, uh, that ends in, what do we call those tests that are, Oh, the, the like the panel assessment, the yes. evaluation. It's it's like a job interview on steroids. Yeah, it ends in a panel evaluation with a use case, and it's it's yeah. it's like a master's program. If you've taken ever investigated one of those in college, you're going to have some work to do. There is a bit of a price tag on it. Your employer may or may not reimburse you, and you may or may not find a return on investment on that. And to make things even more fun, there's no guarantee you will pass that panel assessment. So it, it it carries with it a lot of weight and a lot of prestige if you've got it. There are only a limited number of CMAs in the industry. And as time goes by, we will backfill as vacancies come up because careers change, people change. 
there's there's opportunities there. So at some point you may go to enroll and they'll say, nope, sorry, not offering it in this region, in this quarter. So lots of things. But there's another one that's just recently come out towards the end of 2021, early 2022. I'm not sure what the exact rollout is on this. What is that one? Yeah, the other one is the Certified Technical Architect Program. Uh, so I think this one is a little bit shorter. Uh, it's a little cheaper. Uh, and there aren't quite as many prereqs, I believe. Uh, so it's three months. Uh, and you know, this is really a more technical uh, program where these people really know uh, the ServiceNow platform and implementations by the time they're done with it. You know, the master architect program has a whole lot of soft skills in it. Um, you know, and I think somebody that graduates from that program uh, really kind of can lead a really large and complex implementation project, uh, whereas the CTA is more of a technical certification. And we need all of those people. That's right. So we you, need both. Don't don't think that if you if, if CMA doesn't sound right for you, it may not be right for you. Your CTA may be appropriate. You may you may choose to get your CAD and say, "Look, potential employer, I've got these certifications. I've also got some experience that goes along with that." So, one one note that I like to to tie in here just to say it for the record, you own your career path. You own your personal growth. This is on you. Don't look to your boss. Don't look to your employer to say, you know, I think you should really get that CTA. They probably won't unless you bring it up and say, I'd like to go after the CTA. Here's what I need from you. This is my plan. They'll they'll probably sit back in their chair and go, wow, this person's got their stuff together. They know what they know how to set goals and they know how to go after them. And I'm willing to support that. So if you have that initiative, if you've if you've got desires to do that, but why would somebody want a certification, Brad? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I think for um, when you are looking out uh, at uh, for your career and kind of looking at jobs, there are a lot of jobs that require some sort of cer- certification. Uh, I would say at this point, most um, most ServiceNow jobs that I have seen uh, require at least the ServiceNow uh, certified system administrator. Um, so that's that's also probably the. Um, the easiest one to get in terms of uh, time and money investment. Uh, there's a self-paced course you can take, um, and then you, after that, you can do the certification. Uh, and I believe that's the you know the cheapest cert out there. And then there are a number of you know we mentioned certified application developer. There's a lot of implementation specialist certifications uh, that are I think it's certified implementation specialist dash you know ITSM CSM HR. Uh, so the different process areas that kind of shows, uh, you know, you know, the platform, and then you also know what an implementation should look like in this process area. But the certifications are really kind of um, measuring your, you know, kind of measuring that you did enough to get this certification. Uh, it does not, uh, you know, necessarily substitute for uh, experience, which I think we're going to talk about next. Yes, but- Something to be aware of. A few years ago, we changed the certifications a little bit and now require deltas or kind of a renewal. Because trust me, if you only relied on my original system administrator certification from 2000, single digits, I think it was, 
I'm probably not going to be your best candidate if I've been out of the industry. It looks good on paper. Hey, Chuck's a certified system administrator. And then you come to realize, oh, this is 12 years old and he has been taking care of his parents for the last 12 years and hasn't laid hands on a system since then. Um, not the same equivalency as you know, Brad, who got it in 2015 and renewed in 17 and 19 and 21. And he's just every release, boom, he's on top of that thing and keeps it up to date. Those are the types of people you want in your team, in your implementation. So there are deltas on many of them. I won't say all of them. I don't think you ever need to renew your CMA, but uh, be aware of that and, and check into that before you dive too deeply into the certification so you understand what you are in for and check with your employer to understand if they support that continuing education. They may say, great, we'll fund you for the initial CMA, but what are we in for in the long haul? That's that's something to be aware of, that there there is an upkeep, a maintenance to this, and you'll want to allocate your time and potentially money accordingly. Okay, pivoting from certifications to experience. We did mention a little bit about this in a previous episode. What's one of the things you can do to show your experience? Yeah. So, you know, if you are uh, if you are looking at your career and looking for a job, um, some certifications are a good way to kind of baseline um, and make sure that you're eligible for some jobs. Uh, but employers are also looking for experience. Um, and so, you know, I think we'll get into a couple of avenues, somebody that has experience, and then how do you show experience if you're a new developer? But for somebody that has experience, uh, something that's really important uh, is for you to uh, share what you've learned. Um, so we talked about how you can do that in the last episode on the community. Uh, it's also to uh, document what you've done. Uh, so, you know, it's not enough just to have done a lot of things. You need to be able to, uh, tell a story of, you know, if, if you did a thing that was really impressive, why was it impressive? What problem did it solve? If you built some awesome thing, uh, what's, what was the problem? How was your solution fixing the problem? How was it measured? Um, you should take some time after you finish a product, uh, after you finished a project, and uh, think about that sort of thing. Uh, if there's some actual code that comes from it, put that on GitHub. Um, if it is something that you can demo, do a demo, put it on YouTube, uh, upload it to share, uh, you know, put it on your LinkedIn bio uh, that you had this accomplishment, you know, really turn your experience into accomplishments. And, um, you know, if you, if you are diligent and disciplined in doing that, then it's really easy to generate a new resume or, you know, customize something to fit a, a certain employer uh, if you want to change jobs into, you know, a new role or something. Great advice. LinkedIn has a place for accomplishments and another one for certifications. So you can keep that up to date. I have a monthly task that comes up on the first of every month says, did you update your career history document? My career history document is a bloated version of my resume. It has everything on there. Like what? And I look at my calendar. I look at our, our projects. I look at the deliverables anywhere that I've squirreled away stuff or I've done work. It's easy incrementally to do this on a monthly basis. And then my career history document says I released seven videos on time and on budget for blah, blah, blah. 
I created an application to do X, Y, and Z that was that saved us 20% time. You've got to put down those numerical accomplishments because trust me, in a year you won't remember what they are. And if you don't know, I presented that knowledge. Go ask somebody, hey, what were the satisfaction scores on that thing? Oh, you got a 4.67. Wow, out of five, that's pretty darn sweet. You want to <laughs> showcase that thing and put it on your 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 historical document, your tracking record. Then when you go to apply for that next job, you've you can just pare down what the important ones are and say, this lends itself well to this industry, or this lends itself well to this employer, this lends itself well to this project or philosophy that they're getting into. So keep track of a career history document if you haven't already. Start building it today. Again, 30 years ago, planting a tree versus start planting one today. Uh, I've been keeping my career history document up to date since about 2008. And no, I can't remember what I did in 1983. I've got some vague bullet items on those. But uh, frankly, if it's that old, it probably doesn't count anyway. <laughs> uh, and and it, it gets longer and longer and longer for each job section, but you'll be really, really glad when you have a lot of details to cull through rather than scraping together and go, oh, I need a resume by tomorrow. What am I going to put up my resume? I don't know. And it comes out looking like garbage. So a little bit of career advice on that. One of the other things that I like to see people do is create their own personal site. It, it might be firstnamelastname.com or .org or something clever and then you've got this showcase of things. So when an employer says, where can I find out more about you? You go right there. Here, you want to see a video that demonstrates an application that I built? I link to it through my personal website off to YouTube or my GitHub or wherever your stuff is. You can have that almost as a central landing page and say, this is who I am. This is what I do. Contact me if you want more information. Yeah, and there's a really easy uh, free way to do that through GitHub uh, called GitHub Pages. Uh, and you can create a GitHub page uh, for just your profile. Uh, if you want to see a really sad looking one, uh, you can go to bradtiltonnow.github.io. Uh, and that's kind of my example of one that has, you know, basically the different things that I have done uh, because LinkedIn doesn't really allow me to link to a bunch of stuff. So, you know, I have a link to Chuck's and my low code uh, app dev for dummies book and, you know, just a, a bunch of little, little things that I've done. Uh, but that is a super easy thing to set up. And there's lots of instructions online how to do that. Um, so if you're looking for something that's the bare minimum, try a GitHub page. Uh, and, uh, and that's pretty easy. Uh, and then, uh, one last thing before we go, you know, we've talked about experience and keeping track of your experiences. Uh, if you're just starting, you may not have experience. Uh, and so one way to kind of combat that is to come up with some sort of personal portfolio. Um, so we've talked about, you know, if you build something, save the code, put it on GitHub, uh, well, if you're just learning, you don't have a job yet, uh, try building some things uh, just for your personal life and your, your personal development instance, and then sync those to GitHub. Uh, and that becomes your portfolio. So you can say, you know, I don't have any experience, but I did build this stuff. And then you can kind of walk somebody through how you built it and what you did. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just one little way that you can kind of get past that initial, you know, we're looking for somebody with one year of experience thing, uh, where maybe you have the same skill level as somebody with one, one year of experience and you can kind of show that off. 
Yeah, you don't have to look real far. I think, uh, weren't you saying you were going to make something to keep your kids' chores aligned? That's right. Get it yeah. done on time. Jason McKee had one to organize a wedding. So it, it doesn't take much. Processes are everywhere, everywhere. You don't have to look very far to find something that you can manage tasks, maybe with some allocation of uh, assets or, or CIs, if you want to use the lingo. Lots of <laughs> Lots of opportunities out there. All right, Brad, what is in our next episode that people can look forward to? I am really excited about recording our next one. It is going to be around developer MVPs, uh, which is a program uh, that I care a lot about. I'm passionate about. We have a really awesome group of MVPs and are looking for more uh, for next year. So stay tuned for that one. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Until then... I offer a thank you to Brad and a thank you to you, wonderful listener, for joining us in this episode and this journey as we go through what it takes to be developer. Share this with other developers if you can and choose. You've got colleagues and people ask you, hey, you're a ServiceNow developer. How do I get in on this action? You can subscribe to the podcast. You can find them all at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu or go to servicenow.com slash podcast, singular, not plural. You can subscribe to this and any all of them uh, wherever you find your podcasts on Apple or Amazon or Google or wherever and have them automatically delivered to you for completely free. Can't beat the price on that. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brad, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. I like to watch the numbers count before I start saying anything, just to make sure podcaster has been caught off guard going, I never hit record. Uh, no, I didn't even read that right. In this episode, we are going to be talking about ServiceNow service certification costly a, a bit of a price there's a pr let me try that again articulation is a wonderful thing i'm gonna try that from the top we're getting worse as this goes on yeah that's how a lot of my recordings go especially the video <laughs> ones like i can't talk